Hey, how's it going? Xander Fryer, best-selling author and CEO and founder of High Impact Coaching here. And you are listening to the High Impact Coaching Podcast, the podcast for coaches by coaches and designed to help coaches build and scale profitable coaching businesses so that they can get to the people around the world that really need them. On this podcast, you're going to have everything from tactics, live tactics and strategies. You're going to have motivational content. You're going to have interviews with the top experts in the world in different spaces to help you grow and scale your business and get to the thousands of people that need you. It's our belief that coaches are at the front of the spear when it comes to world change. And we want to make sure that you have all the resources that you need to get to the people that really need you. So that being said, if you need our help in any way, shape or form, feel free to go to xanderfryer.com. We've got tons of other resources and support at xanderfryer.com. If you want to join our free Facebook community with thousands of other six-figure, multiple six-figure and seven-figure coaches, you can go to xanderfryer.com forward slash FB group. And if you're interested in getting our help in the short term, coaching you one-on-one or mentoring you one-on-one to scale your coaching business to six figures in the next 90 days or taking it to seven figures over the next 12 months, go ahead and check out a couple of our programs at xanderfryer.com forward slash programs and feel free to set up a quick 15 minute call with our team to see what we can dig into, find what's not working in your business and see how we can help you scale to that next level. Other than that, I'll see you in the next episode. All right. Welcome, welcome, guys. Hey, my name is Feroz Devetra. I'm a success coach here in the HIC uh, Launch and Accelerator Group, and I'm here with Mr. Jay Abbasi. Jay, how are you doing, man? I'm doing really well, Feroz. How are you? I'm doing great. I'm doing great. Excited to talk to you today and kind of just dig into your story. So I want to give you guys a little bit of background about Jay. So Jay is a career coach that helps people find careers they loved. And he's worked at actually he's worked at leadership roles in Tesla. And, you know, with his experience with mindfulness, with meditation, I think you have a really unique way that you come about career coaching and just the the kind of the angle that you attack it. And so, you know, your business, I'm sure we're going to get into it, but his business has really taken off in the past couple months. So just excited to, to dig into this with you and see how this is going. And I think the most important thing that you guys need to know about Jay is that he does not like avocados. So that's the, that's the key information there. I had to, had to drop that on you guys. So, you know, joking aside, let's get into it. So I always want to start with the most important question here. Why do you not like avocados, Jay? Well, I'm glad that you brought that up as the first, because it's the most important thing to discuss on this call. Uh, So here's the deal. I'm very health conscious with what I eat. So I want to like avocados. I do because there's a health (laughs) component. I don't really eat meat that much but there, it's just too slimy. The texture is too slimy for me. And think about it, Froze. you go to a restaurant and you order avocado, you don't know what you're gonna get. Is it gonna be chunky? Is it gonna be the slimy version of avocado? Like, What kind of avocado are they gonna bring to you at the table? You don't know. And I don't like not knowing the type okay. of food that I'm gonna receive when I place the order. So I've tried many different ways to eat avocado. I have yet to find one that I like, including guacamole. But who knows what the future holds? Maybe I change my tune down the road. I'm, I'm making it my personal mission to change your mind on avocados, Jay. It, to me, it's like, it's like vegetable butter, right? It's like, oh my God, the earth made this butter that you can just smush. And um, thank you. Thank you for that. That was awesome. I love that we could start <laughs> the interview with that. And so, you know, all joking aside, I'd love to, not joking aside, let's keep this going the whole time. But I would like to just dig into your story, right? So tell me, 
a little, tell me about you pre-coaching. Tell me, you know, how did this all start for you? You can start back Tesla. You can start really wherever you want to. Sure. Yeah. So really it started uh, when I had a loss in my life. So when I uh, it was about over a little over seven years ago is when I lost my dad and it was okay. sudden, it was not expected. And so it forced me to look at my life differently. I first had to work through how do you manage that kind of grief, you know, losing a parent. And uh, I, I didn't know how to, you know, everyone was looking to me. I'm, you know, the only man in the family at that point now, right? Because uh, I don't have any brothers. Um, and so how do you handle all that? And then the second thing that was staring at me at that time was, okay, life is really short. People say that, but here's an example of it. You know, my dad, you know, went to bed that night, everything seemed fine. Then he woke up and he had a heart attack. Right. And so I really looked at my life a bit differently. And I said, I don't want to live the life that someone else is writing for me. I don't want to live a life that someone else is authoring, you know, authoring my story. And so I sought out answers, answers of how to manage through my own emotions, answers of how to live the life that I wanted. And it started this huge transition in my life. It changed the trajectory of my life because I was working at a finance company. Uh, it, it was a good job, good people. It just wasn't what I loved to do. I took a risk, started at a new company named Solar City. It was acquired by Tesla. And I started as a salesperson and I worked my way to becoming, um, to running the national training program in energy sales within four years. And I credit that success that I had because I got clear on what I wanted and I got clear on how to manage my own overthinking mind, my own emotions, to take that feedback and observe myself to improve myself. And that type of awareness has paid so many benefits for me in my life and my career. And now after leaving Tesla, I've decided that that's what I want. That's my mission. That's what I'm here to do is to help other people who are in that kind of spot. It doesn't have to be a loss of a family, but feeling stuck to get unstuck and then to get clear on what they want and to take right action to get the results. Beautiful. Okay. Thank you. Thank you for sharing that. Um, you know, I, I think this, I think people know this, but it's unfortunately we're kind of on this trajectory and you, it's usually not until something drastic happens that we take that time to look back on our life or just, you know, consider something different or just make that change to go from, good enough to really like, you know, life is short. Life is really, really short. And we know that intellectually, but it's not until something happens that you really know it on a different level. So thank you for sharing that with me. And, you know, I, I mean, I want to dig into so much stuff with you. I know we talk about, we kind of skim the, the level of non-duality a lot. Yeah. So definitely want to talk about that stuff in a little bit. Sure. But, you know, how did that start your trajectory into coaching? Well, when I was at Tesla, I started as a salesperson and then was given a management position. And I found so much fulfillment in helping other people unlock their potential and, and to see those aha moments, right? To see them light up. And I, I realized like I was, I'm good at this. You know, I was, I realized I was good at it because people were telling me that the feedback was there, that the coaching that I gave them made a huge impact on more than just their job, be well beyond that. And so when I, as I was going through this, 
it just naturally came became opportunity after opportunity for me to exercise both training and facilitating in large training kind of groups, as well as coaching people one-on-one or in groups to where I got into the training organization at Tesla. And from there, I just kept educating myself through what was Tesla Academy. And it was an incredible group of people who were the best in the world in terms of how to coach leaders and how to train and how to really bring out the best in people. So I had some great mentors that helped me. And so after leaving Tesla, I knew that I could be successful at helping other people through this type of coaching, the coaching that I learned there. I studied my own uh, styles of coaching outside of that. I received a certification as well in mindfulness and meditation because that was a huge aspect of what led to my growth and my personal discovery. And so, yeah, it just, once you let go, Feroz, once you let go of trying to control everything and you see what life is showing you, it's showing you, it's showing you, you're, this is what you're good at. Keep doing this. Don't, don't resist it. Just keep going. And as I kept going, it just naturally unfolded as it did. I love this. Jay, you're touching on all the things, man. I just gotta, I gotta say this blurb as well. So I'm, I'm listening to a book right now called the surrender experiment by Michael Singer. And it's just so in line. You're nodding your head for anybody that's just listening to this. So you know, I'm, I'm sure you've read it or heard of it, but it's just so in line with this stuff. It's just, you know, we have this narrow little view of what we think our life is supposed to be. And when we just open up, when we take risk, when we let what's supposed to happen, happen, beautiful things happen. Yeah. One so, of my favorite books. It's one of my favorite. He has two. Untethered Soul is yeah. also what's well known, but I found Surrender Experiment to be a much more impactful read. Yeah. I was listening to it last night and, you know, there's probably 10, 15 minutes where I just had goosebumps through. I was listening to it with my eyes closed. I was really kind of in a meditative state and just such powerful stuff. So Jay, this interview is going to be three hours long, man. I want to talk to you about so much stuff. So (laughs) got to, got to keep it on task though, but this is awesome. So tell me, when did you, when did you go on your own? When did you said, Hey, I got to do this on my own. I got to you know take a shot. I got to take a risk. So when I left Tesla, it was about a little over two years ago. So it was April, 2019. And at the time, and speaking of surrender experiment, I, I, before I decided to really allow myself to figure out what was next, I was trying to interview with other companies to see if maybe I'd want to be a a VP somewhere or run a training program elsewhere, whatever. But when I really decided to let go and allow whatever was to come to me, it was, it was fascinating for us. I was getting calls from people asking for some consulting. And so initially I was doing some consulting work with companies and that was going really, really well, but it it still felt, I felt that in my gut that not this, not this. Right. So when I really went for coaching, it was uh, right around when the pandemic started. So it was a tough time to transition into coaching. And, uh, you know, at first I was, I was making all the mistakes, doing everything that, now that I've you know worked with you and others in the HIC program, I found were the things not to do. I did all of those. So I tell, <laughs> tell me, I can't let you go by those. This is this is the most important stuff. So tell me some of those mistakes that you made. Yeah, sure. I'm happy to share. So, for example, trying to create all of the content in a coaching program before actually having clients go through it. So, in other words, it's more of the perfectionism that was in me, where I was trying to design everything according to what I thought people wanted, rather than to work with clients, just go for it. 
and gather that feedback and then design everything according to that, which now is what we've done. So at first I was, I was going about it the wrong way. The second was I was not offering the, the pricing that was definitely meeting the value of what I could offer okay. and, you know, would require, uh, in order to build a, a successful business, it wouldn't work. It, it wasn't possible to sustain a business with the price levels that I was going for, which were really low. And again, it wasn't really uh, adding up to the value that I could offer. And people who would make those kind of investments weren't nearly as committed. So HIC taught me how to price accordingly so that it meets uh, uh, the value that I'm offering my clients. And then the other thing was, I just did not have a system in place for how to engage effectively from the content to the messaging, to the setting up of calls, sales, and then the delivery. It was a bit all over the place and kind of naive to assume that people would just come to me, right? Mm -hmm. And so I had to create this machine, this system, this process, uh, which HIC helped me tremendously to develop. And this is, this is awesome, Jay, because I think everybody has to go through this. Like the, just the steps that you mentioned, the, the pricing, the, the perfectionism of wanting to have everything figured out before you work with any, any person. And the truth is you're not in their mind. You're like, you don't know what they need. So how can you create this perfect program? And then, you know, the last one, like you mentioned, see this with everybody. I mean, this is with everybody. It's not people don't realize how much it takes to build a coaching business. They just say, all right, I'm an amazing coach. Why are people not flocking to me? Right. Right. It's just, it's, I think everybody has to go through that. So I think that's beautiful. So tell me how, how long did that struggle go on for you? Roughly. I would say it was about six months or so, maybe even a little more of just spinning wheels, you know, where I would get a few clients here and there. Uh, but I was spending more time trying to perfect all these modules and get everything right than actually speaking with people. And uh, so, yeah, it was quite a little bit of time. And then uh, a friend introduced me to the HIC program and that's when everything started to change. I love it, man. I love it. Awesome segue. Of course, I want to, I want to get to this. Um, but I think I just want to touch on this for, for anybody that's listening or anybody that's in this space as well in kind of in this, let's say area where you're like, I have to make this perfect program before I do anything. And the truth is you need to spend like two hours creating a a program and a shell of the program, but all that rest of the time needs to be spent in, like you said, having those conversations and talking to people and seeing what they really need and seeing how they're talking about it and seeing the language that they're using. So we consistently see this with clients that are, you know, it's the perfectionism in all of us. It's kind of that universal limiting belief. We have pretty much perfectionism. I'm not good enough. And, you know, I'm going to be judged. Like those are the, the universal limiting beliefs. So I love that you're touching on this. And yeah, let's, let's hand it back over. So you said, now you're working with HIC, you know, you've come in here and how, so how did you start to overcome those barriers? How did you start to overcome those, those biggest three things that you mentioned? Well, you know, the word messy words, messy action get thrown around a lot, right? You and I have talked about it before. It's taking that kind of messy action, just 
having the conversations, that's what matters. It's, as you said, it's, you got to talk to people. You have to see what they want. What are their problems? What are their challenges? How are they describing their issues? And then from there, you know, great coach, what a great coach does is listens with an open mind without a preconceived idea of how to solve someone's problem. Mm -hmm. And instead hears it is completely empty and then from there allows the solution to come to fruition it allow you allow the problem to be solved based off of what the moment needs at that time and the more i did that the more i was able to deliver and execute better results for my clients so that's one thing uh the other thing that that helped me was creating this uh, direct messaging process um i use linkedin as my platform to where it's very clear, it's step-by-step, step. it it doesn't, uh, um, it, it's not robotic by any means, it's still personalized, and it's effective, it's very effective. And I've created this process to where, you know, we do get regular calls on a, on a calls set up on a regular basis. It's now just kind of going, right? Where my calendar gets filled up with, with calls because we're, we have conversations going that touch to the people, the clients, the potential clients that I'm speaking to, their problems and how we can help them. And then they want to hop on calls with us. And so that's a, a second thing. And then the third is even, it's interesting for us because as a someone who has a sales background, a lot of coaches don't, I have a sales background, but I hadn't sold in years. You know, as someone who's, it's funny, right? You're in sales training at an organization, but that doesn't mean you're selling, you're training other people to sell. So I was quite rusty in full transparency. I was, I was rusty and HSC provided with a great framework of how to sell and also some great feedback from you and from others of, of how I could improve. And after, for me, maybe it was like about a month of being on calls. I got my process in place and my conversion rates on sales calls skyrocketed because I tapped back into not only, of course, the script of what needs to be said, but also how to deliver it in a very confident way with the right tonality and uh, to display confidence and build trust with clients. So, uh, I mean, there's more than that and I, I can go on and on and on, but I'll, I'll stop there and say what comes to mind first and what's helped me are those three things, right? The, the DM process, the, uh, the sales consultation, and also gathering the feedback from the conversations. That's beautiful. That's beautiful. And I love what you said. So I just want to highlight this that, you know, it took you a month. It took you a month. It's not something that, and you have sales training, you have, you know, you have an extensive sales background. It still took you that month. And, you know, to kind of get back in the swing of things, to really understand the process and just know that it's different selling a product or it's different selling, you know, a high ticket service to a person. It's a very emotional process. Sales in general is, but this is, you're having a genuine connection with somebody. You're having a real connection, a real relationship with that person. You're not just here to make money. Right. So you know, that, that's so beautiful. And I do, there's, man, I want, Jay, this is so, such a damn good interview. I want to talk about everything. So I want to put a pin in LinkedIn. I want to come back to that. But okay. I do want to come, I want to kind of go back to what you said. You said a beautiful thing about coaching. And I think this is, we're going down the spiritual path because I know you and I both love this. Mm -hmm. so you said it beautifully. You said you come in empty and then you give what the, the moment calls a few. So I want to kind of take a detour. I know that, you know, mindfulness and meditation is very important to you. How has that 
impacted your business? How has that impacted the way you show up? How has that impacted the results you're able to get with your clients? It, many ways. First, as a business owner, you have a lot of demand. There's a lot of demand on you. And that includes all the conversations you need to have, all the clients that you're working with, all the admin work you need to do, the sales consultations you need to have, your calendars get gets filled up. And if you're not careful, you can easily fall into burnout. You can easily fall into high anxiety and worry, which then affects every aspect of your business because you're not delivering as better as well as a coach. You're not delivering on your sales consultations. So first and foremost, how it's helped me is to be able to manage myself, manage my own mind, manage my own emotions and stay present with everybody that I'm speaking with. So that's the first thing. Uh, and then the second thing in the way you mentioned about coaching, I think it's, it's one of the things that's hard for people to do, which is to let go of their own ego and to not assume that you have the answers before you even speak with the client. What mindfulness has offered me is a way to recognize when that voice comes in that I know how to solve this. I know how to fix this. I, I hear it. And then I let, I let it subside and I get back to bringing all of my attention to who it is that I'm speaking to. My clients feel it. They feel that I am fully present with them. And in that presence, that alone, of course, what I offer them as the solution is helpful, but just that alone, yes. they feel different. They're going through the program and they're transforming just because they have someone who is fully present and listening. And that example, I think, stays with them. Plus, of course, the coaching itself and the modules they go through, I think, help to deliver better for clients. And so therefore, of course, you know, you have happy clients that have great results. Your business will only grow and grow because you'll get great testimonials. Yeah. And then, of course, they'll refer others into the program. So I just, I just want, I got to piggyback on that for a second, because that is such a valuable point. Um, you know, the, a great coach, they do a couple things, but I think the, the happy medium here is it is about results. I think that's something where we get some, some coaches can tend to get caught up here and not, not everybody, but we're not just here to make people feel good. And we're not just here to get people results. It's when you can get people results and then you're, you're there with them. You're present hundred percent. They feel that energy. That is what gets clients that want to work with you forever. It, it's literally just being heard. It's such an important feeling. It's such an important emotion to us as human beings. So I love that, that you touch on that. So thank you. Anything else that you want to add there? Well, you know, in terms of the benefits of what mindfulness and meditation offers a coach, um, no, I mean, I would just acknowledge again, you know, making time for yourself is so important. And even with all the things that a business owner needs to do, what a coach needs to do to never sacrifice that, to always make that time for yourself. Beautiful. Yeah. Beautiful. Now, so I want to change gears for a second. So, you know, when you came into HIC, what was your first goal? What was your first like monetary goal? I know, again, it's not always about the results, but that's a good indicator of the impact we're having and, you know, where we want to be. So what was your, that first monetary goal? Yeah. You know, I wanted to get to a 10 K month. Uh, that was what I first wanted to achieve and then be able to scale it up from there. And I, that was, yeah, I guess that would be it. That was my financial target for sure. Okay. And how long did it take you to get to that point? Yeah. So when I first really kicked it into gear, um, I, 
had months where it was like seven and eight and then seven, right? So to, to hit the 10K month, see, it took me six months. It took me six months to get there. Um, but I hovered close to 10K. I had a 7K and 8K, 7K. And then I had, you know, what was much higher than a 10K month. Um, and so, yeah, that's how long it took me. Beautiful. Beautiful. Yeah. And this is, this is great. This is how it happens. It kind of happens in that, that hovering and we'll, you know, we'll be at a certain place and then we'll pop up. So I know, like I mentioned, you know, the past two months have been amazing for you. You have some really just, if, if messy action in bold and highlighted, like you've been doing a lot of stuff. So what would you say has been like, what have you done to be successful in these past couple of months? Like what's been the mindset shift or what have you implemented to get to that point? Yeah, it's, I know what it is. I'm just going to try and describe, describe it the best way. It's focusing on one thing. Mm. That's because it's always been a challenge for me in the That's past right. where I want to do this. Ooh, that looks exciting, shiny object. And I like, you know, I go there, but of course the work that I do in mindfulness can help to bring us back, but it's still a natural tendency for me to want to try all these other things, but really focusing on the one thing, which is, this is my DM process. These are my sales consultations. This is my program. And this is how, you know, I deliver these results and it's doing it over and over and over and over again, and not letting myself get distracted with other side projects. Uh, you know, I have people who want me to help and, and do this potential thing. And, oh, you could be, you can consult for this company. This company is interested in getting some help or, you know, a friend who comes up with an idea, or we can do this as a coaching business as well. And then trying to explore that I've just sh shut it all off. I've said no a lot. Beautiful. I've said no, even to friends, people who I love and trust and respect. I had to tell them, I cannot have these conversations with you about this other idea. I just cannot. Yep. Oh, you want to explore YouTube and do it. No, that sounds nice. No, <laughs> it's one platform for me. And my platform is LinkedIn. I cannot look at trying to, cause that stuff is so time consuming to try to get into like, you know, SEO and blog posting and, you know, YouTube and then TikTok and all these other things. They're all great. There's nothing wrong with them. But for me, it was tunnel vision. One thing, don't worry, those things will come later. Just focus on this one thing, get it right, build the machine. And when the machine is running and the things are coming through and we're producing the results, then maybe I can take a step out and look at one other thing. Perfect. And this is this by itself, I think is, this is like a million dollar piece of advice. If you're listening to this guys, what, what tends to happen is you get some success and something's working in your lead generation or your sales or whatever you, you break through that 10 K month, you break through, you know, whatever the next barrier is 25 K. And then you're like, Ooh, I got to go do this. And it's the complete opposite. You can hands down, you could get to a million dollar a year business. If you just have one lead generation platform, if you just have one Avenue and you get really good at it, it's, it's the equivalent of you just started a little fire and now you want to go start another fire instead of pouring gasoline on it. Right. So, right. This is, this is beautiful. This is amazing. And so how long would you say it took for you to, to really get in the swing of things with LinkedIn? It probably took about, well, see, I was on LinkedIn for a long time for us. I was on LinkedIn for over, well, now it's been two years active, like okay. really active. Is that right? Yeah. Something like that. And in the first year, it was more of just building out, a, building a following. I would post content 
And it was, I was doing really well and getting organic engagement, but I didn't know what to do with it. <laughs> you know, uh, in that first year, I didn't really know what to do with it. And uh, it was in, you know, the, so once I got a process in place with DMing and asking for calls, that probably took me about two to three months to really hone in on before then I, I got some, some help with uh, virtual assistants and all of that, which now has, I needed to build the system first before I handed it off. Right. So yeah, it, it was like three months of testing, of trying, of practicing and getting really good at it before I then handed it off to someone else to be able to support me. Perfect. And again, just, you know, you're, you're throwing out so many nuggets here. So I just want to highlight them that specifically with LinkedIn, it takes a few months to get it up and running. It's a, it's a little bit of a slower platform in the sense that people are not checking LinkedIn, you know, 18 times a day or 60 times a day, like Instagram, but right. you know, if you're a career coach or if your audience is on LinkedIn, you get, you can really tap into some qualified leads. It just takes a little bit longer to, to get that up. But once it's up, I mean, you, you have a faucet at essentially at this point, like I know you're getting tons of calls consistently, you're getting tons of qualified leads. And, you know, just this month, your business has really blown up. So you're, you're really starting to dial into that. So let, let's backtrack though. What, what would you say as you were starting LinkedIn, what was your biggest struggle there? What was your biggest obstacle as you were starting? Well, it was the time, you know, what I mean by that is it, it, it can take a lot of time out of your day to do all the work that you need to do on LinkedIn. I mean, from posting content, replying to comments, going through the notifications, sending out the direct messages, replying to the messages. And so the biggest challenge was time. And, you know, you could easily get, stay on that platform for four or five hours a day doing all the things that you need to do. And so, I had to work through how much time it was taking me and then get the help, which, uh, you know, having assistance around has, has assistance to support me in this has made all the difference because I was falling into these crazy traps of spending all this time. Now, early on when I didn't have that many clients I could do it. Yep. But then as I started to get clients and started to build up my portfolio, it was like, okay, I have to hand this off. So I would say that was one of the biggest challenges. And then it was, you know, I think what happens with LinkedIn is people tend to uh, go with automated machine type messaging. And it's not, I don't think it's effective. I don't think so. Um, you'd have to send so many to get one person to reply, kind of like, you know, telemarketing in a way. Mm -hmm. And so I've chosen not to do that, but it took some testing. So uh, early on, I had to test all these different messaging types and we've honed in on what works and what's effective. And so, uh, early on, I guess the challenge was, do I automate? Do I try to go with automated messaging? I tested it. It didn't work. Um, and then how do I keep up with all the messages in the inbox? Because it, it can get, it can get time consuming. And so hiring some help was extremely beneficial for me. Awesome. And this is, this is so good because I'm just, I'm just thinking about LinkedIn and like, you know, you get so many automated messages on LinkedIn and every single time I see them, it's just immediate, like, nope. And it's like this, like X, see this giant red X in my head. That's just like, nope, you know, nope. right. And so that's, this is such a valuable lesson that if you take that extra 30 seconds to go 
look at somebody's profile or find right. something to love about them, find something to connect with them. Guys, we talk about this all the time, but intimacy beats authority every single day of the week. If you specifically, when people are just blasting out the messages, your gut reaction is, eh, you know, it's just like another one. It's just, you kind of sit back. So it's so refreshing when somebody takes that extra 10 seconds and connects with you in a meaningful way. And it doesn't, it's not like you have to read their entire life story to them. It's just right. the fact that you're taking some amount of time. You're taking some amount of attention out of your day to acknowledge something that they're doing and start a message that way and be genuine that way. It just, it starts the relationship off in such a beautiful way. So and let me, let me add this for us. Cause you're, you're absolutely right, man. You know, people seek a connection mm -hmm. there. People are looking for that. Don't assume that everyone's going to have that automatic reaction every time they will. If you send them that robot message, the X that you were just describing, of course, anyone would, but if they look at your message, and it seems like it's another human being who is showing interest or curiosity there. Everyone has this desire to connect with other people and they will respond. And if you keep that humanity in your conversation, it will lead to results. I mean, it, it got, like you said before, for us, it's become a problem to where we have too many to where we have too many because our process is so effective in being genuine. That's a good problem to have, Jay. That's a good <laughs> problem to have. Right? You and I have talked about it where that's that's the problem a bit, which is how do I keep up with all these people who are responding, who are interested and who are you know, they're people that I feel like I want to help them. I just it's hard to be able to keep up with all the people that want to help. And that's the problem you have when as you said, you focus on intimacy over authority. Beautiful. Amazing. Probably the best problem you could have. I love that. And so let's say, let's say there's a career coach that's starting out and they're kind of in this field and they're feeling a little unsure. What, what advice would you give them? What, you know, one piece of advice could you give to someone starting out? Don't try to do it on your own. And I mean that as much as, and recognize to trying to do it on your own could be your own pride. Mm. It could be your own ego. And you are, you might succeed. It's just going to take you a lot longer. It's going to take you a lot longer if you're going to try it on your own. And I really mean that I tried it on my own. I, and if I were to take full inventory of myself, there was probably some pride in there. There's probably some ego in there for me. And initially I was like, no, I, I've been successful. I could figure this out. And, <clears throat> you know, if I would have done it, have done it differently, I would have gotten the help earlier. Mm. I would have I mean, there was good in that I learned all the mistakes. I made all the mistakes, but would I have preferred not to? Yeah, I would have preferred not to have made all the mistakes and have had six months earlier been figured this all of this out. So that would be my advice to anyone in the career coaching space or any coaching space for that matter is to get help. Don't wait to try and figure it all out on your own. Raise your hand and get the help that you need. That's beautiful. And just, you know, piggybacking off that a little bit, I, I want to mention this, of course, I'm shamelessly plugging HIC here. I'm really not. It's, it's the value of a community. It, it really is the value of a community as well, because as entrepreneurs, it's a lonely journey. Like it, it just is a lonely journey. It's you're, you're doing a lot of stuff behind the computer. You're doing a lot of stuff that is outside the norm of what society says. Hey, I'm going to quit my job and help people. Hey, I'm going to quit my job and I'm, I want to make 50K a month doing coaching to the 
to the normal person, the normal person, we're a little bit crazy here. Let's be honest. Right. That is so far outside the realm of reality that people just pull you down. And it, it's not, I don't even want to say that in a malicious way. It's just, if you've never thought that before, if you've never done that, it really does seem impossible. Right. And so just the power of surrounding yourself with a community of yourself, of, co- of course, of us as coaches, but just of other coaches that are going through the process, it just, it does something to the brain. It's like, this is absolutely doable. And it becomes like, not even a question of how or when, or sorry, of if, but when it's going to happen. Right. So what is, you know, what's next for you? And I do want to kind of put it again in terms of that monetary goal, just because I think it, it helps people grasp like what's possible. What's next for you? What's your next goal? So my next goal is to be consistently, uh, hitting the financial target, of 20k a month in the next three months and then at that point it's uh my plan is to get some additional help in hiring some team members uh specifically probably starting in sales and then maybe operations at some point because at that point i think we could scale it beyond 20 to getting towards 40 a month so three next three months 20k and then after that hire someone to be able to scale it to 30 and then to 40 K. Beautiful. Beautiful. Jay, this has been awesome, man. I really, I, I appreciate your, your insights here. And so let's end with, this is all always my favorite question. If you could give yourself like you're, you're starting, let's say HIC day one, what advice would you give to yourself? To be patient, to be persistent and to not let any distraction pull you away from the one thing that you have to do, the one platform, the one program, the one client, the one delivery, all just the one thing, just stay focused on that with patience and with persistence, and you are bound to get results. Beautiful. And so let's say, you know, someone out is out there and Jay, they've connected with you. They want to work with you as a career coach. What's the best way for them to find you? What's the best way for them to get in contact with you? So LinkedIn, of course, is a great platform where you could always connect with me there, uh, as well as my website, which is uh, jayabasi.me. And so on my website, there's uh, always ways to reach out and, and connect from there as well. Awesome. Thank you. And we're, we'll link all this stuff in the notes, guys. So again, if you want to get in contact with Jay, for working with him. Amazing coach. And Jay, thank you so much, man. Really appreciate you coming on. Thank you for us.